Anger Deanne, and welcome to my podcast, Things I Talk About. Today, I'm going to be talking with Jennifer Moore about the differences between empathy and being an empath. Jennifer is an author, an empathic mentor, and master trainer for EFT International. She supports other highly sensitive, intuitive women to release empathetic overwhelm and distress so that they can access their inner wisdom and power. So Jennifer, thank you so much for joining me here today and having this conversation. I'd love to start off by hearing a little bit more about you. Could you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Absolutely. And before I even go into any of that, Cassandra, I just want to say thank you so much for having me here. It's always such a pleasure to be on podcasts and have a chance to connect with other people and talk about awesome stuff. So I'm, and talk about empaths. So I'm really glad to be here. Thank you. So let's see if I can, like, how do I make a long story short? So my name is Jennifer Moore and I am, I'm the author of the award-winning book, Empathic Mastery, as well as a bunch of multi-author books and journal for the Empathic Mastery. And also, I've got another book in the works. I'm also a fairy godmother for empaths. And what does that mean is that I have been working with other people who are highly sensitive and empathic for actually at this point in time, decades, helping them to recognize what's theirs and what's not theirs, release the stuff that is not serving them, and really starting to create and define a life that works for them by using their gifts in ways that really makes a difference. Now, I got to this place because I know what it's like to be told that you're too sensitive, that you're overreacting, that you're taking things too personally, that you just need to suck it up and get over it, and what it feels like to be so overwhelmed by all the thoughts, feelings, energy, and sensations that are coming from the world around us and how debilitating this can be. And I'm one of those people, I'm a Capricorn sun with Virgo rising for anybody who's listening, who's into astrology. And so that means that I, I'm one of those people with that Virgo. I'm one of those people who really loves to be of service. And so anytime I experience something that works and anytime I have the experience of getting relief, I want to share it with the world. I want other people to understand it because I like I said, I know what it feels like to be stuck and miserable. And so when I stopped being as stuck and as miserable, I really wanted to help other people with that. So, I mean, I could go on and on. I could tell you all about my um, glorious misspent youth and my, you know, (laughs) challenging childhood. But I think we've got other things to talk about. (laughs) Now, you said you're a Capricorn son. Yes. Born on Christmas Day. Oh, how awesome. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. so cool. So yeah. I I am a Capricorn moon, which, Ooh, has, nice. which has been a fun journey navigating. Oh, I can just imagine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. So awesome. That's cool. Um, well, maybe we can kind of kick things off by, I would love to hear, you know, I've been listening to some of your podcasts that you've done and, and conversation you'd have. I'd love to hear you give us your definition of the difference between being an empath and being empathic. Oh, awesome question. Okay. So the thing that's really ironic about this, so let's start first with the definition of what it means to be an empath. And what I will say is, you know, your mileage will may vary. Um, This is a word that has become really popular in pop culture right now, Um, but it's not a clinical term and there is no, and there isn't like a DSM-5 definition of this word. It is, um, it came out of science fiction back in the 1950s and it slowly gained traction over time. But my experience and perception and definition of empath is that an empath is a human being or an animal for that matter, a being who picks up the thoughts feelings, 
energy, sensations, and um, just all the things that are coming from the world around them. But what makes an empath specifically an empath and not just a psychic, an intuitive, or even a medium who also have sort of extrasensory perception and the ability to pick things up, empaths absorb and pick up these things and then process them as if they are their own. Okay. And so the reason why sharing this definition is so important is that when we think about what it means to be a, an empathic person, to have empathy for somebody, okay. yeah. having empathy for somebody and being empathic means that we can imagine what that person's experience is like. We can put ourselves in their shoes. We can we can have a deep sense of, un, it's like this deep sense of knowing what that person is going through. However, when we are expressing empathy or being empathic, we are still able to recognize that the person who we are having empathy for is not us. Mm -hmm. Whereas a lot of times what happens for empaths when they are, especially in the early stages of the empath game, where they're just drowning in the emotional soup, a lot of times the challenge for empaths is that we do process other people's pain, suffering, misery, weirdness, um, just all the things as if it's our own. And so it, as ironically, it can be sometimes very hard for empaths to have empathy because we're so overwhelmed by the intensity of the emotions coming at us, as well as the weird kind of not being able to recognize what's ours and what's not ours that actually can make it hard to be really empathic for somebody who is experiencing something because we feel it, we don't just understand it. So in my experience, you know, there's a spectrum and the spectrum is kind of on one side, you've got the completely like uh, disconnected from absolutely everybody, like sociopath, psychopath, you know, um, <laughs> like person or, and as well as raging narcissists who just have no regard for anybody else. And then you've got sort of this, you know, con continuum of you know, sort of like self, you know, I would say sort of like self-aware and selfish, but conscious of other people's needs, moving into loving, compassionate, like aware of other people's needs, and then sort of moving to actually, so aware of people's needs and maybe motivated to help because um, we want to be liked, yeah. <laughs> um, moving into um awareness of people's needs and truly a desire to help and be of service and be connected and make a difference and have love and compassion to a sense of um, a sense of heightened empathy a sense of heightened awareness of what's going on for other people and an ability to be of service and and like really help the world all the way over to this drowning in the emotional soup picking up all the thoughts, feelings, energy, and sensations that are coming from the world around us. Now, neither of these sides, having absolutely no empathy whatsoever, or being so completely open to picking up everything that we cannot, that we're just overwhelmed by it, which I call an empathic overwhelm. It's sort of like, we don't necessarily want to be on either side of this spectrum. Ideally, we want to be somewhere more in kind of the middle or towards the having a lot of empathy, but being able to distinguish and recognize what's mine, what's not mine. So hopefully that was a clear answer. Yes, that was yeah. that was that was wonderful. Thank you. And I love how you broke it down into a spectrum of so many different, you know, possibilities and options and you know i'm just absorbing it personally myself you know because i consider myself to be sensitive i feel like i am very sensitive to energy specifically yes. um and on the other end of that though 
there, I've had an interesting journey because I know we talked a, a teeny bit about astrology. You know, I am a Libra rising and Aries sun, Capricorn moon, and my midheaven is in Cancer. My north oh, node wow. is Leo. So there's a lot of cardinal energy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of fire there. And I am frequently you know, it earlier in my journey, especially I've, I've come to a more grounded place, but especially earlier in my life, a lot of people would, would, I would lose friendships because they would say, you're just too much. And I actually developed a lot of self-consciousness because of this. I had one person tell me it took 30 days to recover after being in my presence. And so it's interesting. This subject is really interesting to me. And not only from the perspective of receiving the energy, but being the one that, you know, is causing this response or reaction in other people. And so I think that it is an, a, a wonderful topic to discuss. And I love the spectrum that you yeah, mentioned yeah, because yeah. of that and finding that sweet spot, you know, sort of towards the middle. Exactly. Um, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you just mentioned so many things because, um, you know, one thing that comes to my mind is uh, it taking somebody 30 days to get over an encounter with somebody that's not on the person that they're having that, that that they encountered like I can understand like feeling like wow that person was really intense yeah and maybe a day or two to decompress but if somebody is having if somebody has to take 30 days to get over an encounter I would say that's as much if not more about them than it is about anybody else because it's like at a certain point, you know, especially like, you know, we've taken our toys and we've gone home. Yeah. It's our responsibility to deal with our stuff and it's our responsibility to deal with our energy. So it sounds to me like maybe <laughs> there was a little bit of gaslighting and a maybe bit. a little bit of projection going on there because I mean, nobody should, no, no other human being has, has can I mean, unless somebody like creates, commits violence towards somebody yeah. or is a surgeon and like, you know, does something, un, you know, that is irreparable to the person. Um, no other human being really has the ability to make somebody feel away for 30 days. And so I think that's the thing. Being a highly sensitive person is recognizing that dance between like, what is this? What am I picking up from the world around me? And what's my responsibility? Um, you know, and as you were saying, though, that you were you've been told you were too much, that you were too intense. I cannot count the number of times that both in the interviews that I've done for for my podcast, Empathic Mastery Show, as well as with all of my students and my clients um, and just the conversations I've had, especially as I was researching and getting ready to write the book, Empathic Mastery. I cannot count how many times people have told me um, that they've been told you're too intense, you're too much, you're too sensitive, you're overreacting, you know, just tone it down, tone <laughs> it down. <laughs> and so you are, you are not alone by yeah. any, yeah, yeah. I've, it's definitely, you know, it's definitely taking some, taken some balancing to not be disempowered, you know, but also realize that, yeah, there's a lot of energy with me. I get really excited about You're things. You're an Aries. Yeah. I'm married to an Aries. I understand. Oh, you know then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you guys get, I, and, and, and I don't know if this is true for all Aries, but what I've noticed is that it's very easy. What I've seen with my husband is that he loves to be stimulated until he gets overstimulated and then he goes and he just kind of like like just hits a wall but he doesn't usually recognize that he's mm. getting overstimulated because he tends to like i think and i he you know he's also he's an aries interesting with virgo rising so that's one of the places where we meet each other but um 
but that that I think that one of the challenges with being an Aries is that you guys really are sensitive and that you guys really but you also like a lot of stimulation and that stimulation sometimes can kind of come around and bite you in the butt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and the other thing that when I was hearing you share with your definition and, you know, the spectrum of things, something that I've also um, come across and by no means do I want to feel like I'm being negative, but yet I feel like there's some conversation that would be helpful to have. And one of the things that I have found, and I am a you know, you, it sounds like you've been having, you know, years of wonderful journeying, uh, where my experience, I'm a little more of the baby, you know? And one thing that I have found is there's a lot of language around people that are using the term of being an empath for yes. negative, say, implying it as, oh, you know, like a superior stance of, I have reached this supreme essence of where I am. Therefore, I cannot tolerate. I've seen on TikTok and Instagram, you know, uh, sayings that says, I've healed so much that I no longer like anybody, you know? Yes, I saw something like that the other day. <laughs> I yes. I thought it was really quite funny. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. And so I think it's interesting because in my mind, I'm thinking to myself, oh, okay, if we're saying that, maybe perhaps that your journey um, isn't going where it's intended to go because I feel like with the work that you do, and the book that you've written, it sounds like, once again, we're aiming for that middle ground of the spectrum to yeah. where that we can engage, we can use our gifts, yeah. and that it's not perceived as, you know, I'm up here, therefore, I can't tolerate your energy. Uh, you know, I mean, you just opened up, uh, <laughs> like, Pandora's box here, but also this is such an incredible, this is such an incredibly important thing to be talking about because right now it's, there are, you know, and, and I'll say, I just saw that meme. It's really funny you say that. I literally saw that meme yesterday. So it was like, it was, and I've never seen it before. So the universe was preparing us because I saw it and I just thought it was like, I chuckled. I thought it was kind of funny because in some ways it's like, is this, did, did this person really mean what they were saying or yeah. is it completely ironic? <laughs> Because it's like, really, it, it like, it's clearly you're part way through the healing process if you hate everybody. Like, I mean, I really believe that true healing is, because the thing is, in my experience, and I think Brené Brown talks about this, some of the most loving people in the world have the best boundaries. Mm -hmm. And to truly heal, one of the things I believe that we really need is to have boundaries. And one of the things that empaths especially really need are boundaries, boundaries, energetic boundaries, emotional boundaries, time boundaries, financial boundaries, um, logistical boundaries, limits. And in many ways, that statement, I've healed so much that I don't like anybody anymore. It's like, well, clearly you haven't healed enough to have good boundaries, because if you can have good boundaries, you're going to be able to love a lot more people because you're not taking on all their stuff. That said, I think one of the things that I've seen in the world of, uh, of the of the larger world of the moniker empath, I've seen two things. One is I've seen that thing where you're talking about where people sort of create like they they're living in this you know the rare stratified air of like I'm an empath, yeah, and where it's kind of like it becomes this sort of badge of honor mm -hmm. and it also becomes this kind of like superpower where like i'm super special because i'm this thing and it's like you know from my perspective i'm an empath is the same as saying i have blue eyes or i have brown hair or i'm good at baseball it's not something that makes us exceptional it is simply a trait that affects us and is something that we need to, to be res be responsible for and and master. Mm -hmm. um, 
so but i see it as something that sometimes people use it as like and i've also seen people who define empath where they don't talk about the stuff that i see is the big challenge with being an empath which is the taking on the thoughts feelings energy sensation from the world around us yeah. and not being able to discern what's ours and what's not ours I've seen certain people or had some conversations with people who seem to sort of think of it as more as like the empaths are the special people that everybody comes to and tells their, you know, like opens their heart to in the, in the, you know, in the restaurant bathroom or at the airport or in this place or that place, but not necessarily talking about the challenges. Like, it's just like, yeah, they're very special or the, I can't do anything because I'm an empath. Like it becomes a it becomes an excuse for not living. It becomes an excuse for like not being, not, not putting ourselves out into the world. And what I would say again, is that happy middle. Can we find a balance? I, I believe that it is our responsibility to serve, to serve our mission on the planet. And usually that means encountering other human beings. And as empaths, we have a unique ability to pick up and sense and understand how energy is flowing in the world, how things are moving in the world, which allows us to be incredible healers, leaders, um, teachers, diagnosticians, consultants. Like We have this ability to get information and feedback faster than most other people can and adjust accordingly. And so we are often like soup like we have a purpose on this planet but if we are over like drowning in the empathic overwhelm and just constantly like i can't do anything because i can't deal sadly that's going to mean that we're never gonna like we're not going to fill we're not going to fulfill our mission on the planet we're not going to do the things we're here to do and i think also there is a way in which if we are not serving our purpose and we are just picking up the 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 distress of the planet around us it's not necessarily we're not necessarily going to feel a whole lot better because we're not part of the solution we're just hiding mm. so i really you know so i've seen a lot of stuff out there about i mean there's so many ideas of what it means to be an empath i mean we could go down a number of rabbit holes including one of the things that also is another kind of common trope right now is all empaths are formed out of trauma. Mm. And I, I don't agree. I don't agree. I think trauma is a component and trauma because no human being, no being on this planet has managed to come unscathed from trauma. We've all been impacted by trauma. But what I say is if that is the definition or if that is what makes an empath, then everybody on the planet would be an empath at this point in time because you can have a family every single person goes grows up in the same environment with the same level of abuse one person's an empath another's a narcissist and another one is like just kind of middle of the road so you know there's a lot of stuff out there that that is interesting about how what it means to be an empath is kind of circling around the world my personal take on it is this is this is a quality this is a trait this is characteristics of certain people in the same way that it's like you know on on any number of spectrums but it's kind of like we are neurodiverse we are different than the average bear but it's our responsibility to do something about it it's our responsibility to be like okay so i am extra sensitive i do pick up uh, you know more information and energy so what does that mean I need to take care of myself and I need to take responsibility for myself. So like, for example, uh, I'm not a fan of hide from the world and never go out, <laughs> but I am a fan of it's not necessarily the smartest thing to go shopping at a major like superstore or grocery, you know, big grocery store um, like at 5.30 or 6 p.m. on a Friday night when everybody's <laughs> gotten their paycheck. Like there's things where it's kind of like thinking about where do we put ourselves? And I will say as a younger person, I was much less likely to think about where I was going, what I was doing and how that might impact me. So I often would end up at concerts or parties or out in the world on the subway or doing any number of things 
um i used to live in massachusetts and i used to live in the boston area so i rode the subway in case you're wondering because i live in maine and there is no such thing as a subway here <laughs> but um you know but like when i was younger and i would get on these i would do these things i would very often bite off more than i could chew like i would be like oh this is too much and i actually think um i have an example of of one of the last times i really got overstimulated we were going to see um we actually were going to see a concert at fenway park in boston we were going to see the foo fighters which oh, okay. amazing <laughs> amazing concert and uh it was back when dave grohl had just broken his leg so he was sitting in the guitar of the throne of guitars that was, it was really cool anyway so we had gone to see Foo Fighters, but the opening act was a brass band, Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, and mm. the sound was mixed horribly. The sound was really brassy and it was really loud. And we got out onto into the middle of, you know, like into the middle of the field um, because we were on the floor or on the ground. And I am just like, oh, my God, I don't know if I can handle this because I had forgotten to bring earplugs. Like I had just forgotten one of the basic, basic things. Thankfully, Dave Grohl and the rest of the Foo Fighters are perfectionists when it comes to sound. So once they came on, the sound was just like mixed to perfection and it was exquisite. But I, as a sensitive person, and this is about as much about sensory processing as it is about empathic overwhelm or yeah. sensitivity, the energy was just too much when I got there. And I really like I was like, I don't know if I could handle this. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do this. Fortunately, I just kind of breathed. I did some EFT tapping. I found my way through. And then, like I said, the rest of the cons, the Foo Fighters concert was really, really amazing. But this is an example of I was I just assumed and this was something that happened to me so often when I was younger, I would just assume everything was going to be good and I would not prepare. I would not plan. I would not anticipate. And therefore, I would get somewhere. And all of a sudden, I'd be like, oh, my God. Like, if you've ever actually gone on a diet or have, like, changed your food plan, one of the things that I learned is, like, how many times have you forgotten to put food in your purse <laughs> so that you have a snack to tide you over when you hit that wall and your blood sugar starts to crash? And you don't have access to anything and suddenly you're finding yourself going into a convenience store and buying a bag of chips because you didn't prepare. And that's, I mean, that's a very concrete example that is relevant for people who are identify as empaths and anybody else. But it's that same kind of thing. It's like we need to anticipate things and prepare so that we can take care of ourselves so that we don't find ourselves in situations where all of a sudden we're just having a meltdown. Yeah. 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 So many good things in that. So many. I, when you were talking about, uh, the, you know, identifying in, uh, you know, being an empath with trauma, um, and that being kind of the only way I agree in the sense with what you were saying. And I think that, you know, this is just my personal opinion hearing that. Cause that's the first time I've heard that. I would almost think that that's a little bit disempowering to the, you know, mystical awesomeness of the cosmos personally, you know, to say it has to only be this way to achieve that, um, you know, because we all have our own unique journeys, you know, that we go through and definitely relate to what you talked about, uh, sensitivity to where you're going and, you know, the different environments. Um, I know for me, this is silly, but, um, so I am a human design reader and in my human design chart, I have a completely open identity center or G center, which is sensitive to love identity and direction. And it's tied into also environment and I can go to one store versus another store and they be totally different. And I'll go out of my way to be in one environment versus going to the other. And one of those places is Walmart at any time of day where I live does not, Walmart does not does feel not. good. 
Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and I think that is, I think that's, it's funny that you bring up Walmart because actually, um, I think Walmart is a really good example of something that even people who don't identify as empaths often can feel the energy in Walmart and go, don't want to go there. And um, it's, it's, I mean, thankfully, no, I actually take that back. I, I'm like, I don't remember the last time I went shopping at Walmart, but I do. We got a kitten <laughs> in Aww. July. Uh, her name is Zuzu. She Aww. may come running in at some point and run behind me. But well, that would be awesome. Yes, she is awesome. But yeah, so I was the last time I was at Walmart was probably like in July. But I think Walmart is a really good example because it is you can it's like even non-sensitive people can feel the energy in Walmart and what you were saying about like that you know that there are some places that feel comfortable and safe and some places that do not feel comfortable and safe. Um, I am I'm a little bit aware of human design. I'm a projector. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, which I'm still coming to understand, like, sometimes I'm like, oh, so that's why that's so hard. Or <laughs> so that's why I do that thing. Um, so you said something I really want to draw out about the idea of kind of losing the woo in um, when we start to talk about empaths is like it's a trauma response, you know. Mm -hmm. And one of the arguments that are coming from that is that empaths it, empath, empath is a is a glorified term or a fancy schmancy term for hypervigilant and that anybody who's experienced trauma or many people who experience trauma develop a hypervigilant sense of awareness of what's going on in the world around them so that they can protect themselves and um another i had a really good conversation with sophie strand who's the author of the madonna secret which is this exquisite novel about um jesus christ and mary magdalene but written from this totally like like earth-centered goddess-oriented perspective if you guys are looking for a great novel go buy madonna secret seriously <laughs> But I, I'm in the middle of reading it, which is why I'm so like, ah. Um, but Sophie and I were talking about the fact that there is also this quality of sensory gating, this idea of some of us have less gating and more capacity to pick things up. And trauma does often open those gates. It does often open up those doors. But what I think is interesting is, and I I grew up with atheists and a very clinically oriented family, um, especially on my father's side of the family. My grandfather was a psychiatrist. And so there was a lot of like, these supernatural abilities don't exist. And I think in a way, we're also talking about the difference between those of us who believe that there is supernatural ability, that there are paranormal abilities, that there are some of us who have what some people would refer to as the shine. Um, and we just happen to have more of the shine than some other people do. And it's funny to me how, like, there will be people who'll say things like, oh, everybody's an empath. I'm like, yeah, no, everybody is not an empath. That would be, and but if for some reason, when it comes to psychic or sensitivity or magical ability, there is a way in which that talent is like, it's almost like it's not fair if you say that person is more special or has more ability than this other, these other people. But nobody would ever question um, if you were to say like, um, I'm just trying to think of, of uh, you know, like Michael Jordan is like one of the most talented basketball players on the planet. Like that's just accepted. Like he yeah. had this ama you know, amazing capacity has this amazing capacity, but especially when he was younger, had this amazing capacity and just was like, he had sort of a supernatural ability. And what is inter and so it feels to me like there's this fascinating tension between the woo world and the clinical world when it comes to empath. And the clinical world, I think, has a tendency to ignore or dismiss or just say, you know, they don't even acknowledge woo. They were like, yeah. that does not exist. It's all a figment of your crazy imaginations. Um, but then on the other side, we've got the sometimes the very extreme woo world where they're sort of the I'm just special and I need to hide from the universe because um, I'm too sensitive for everything. 
but not necessarily looking at the impact of our past, looking at our ancestral trauma, you know, like inherited legacies of trauma, um, experienced trauma. Like, so there's, it's kind of like there's, again, this conversation is all about coming back to the center center over and over again. We keep talking about this, this, let's get here instead. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's those are all really great points. So yeah, let's let's go back and look at, you know, we're talking about balancing, you know, coming yeah. back to the center. What would you say your favorite, you know, is there a favorite tool or where would you say someone that is listening and says, oh, yes, you know, I feel drained, you know, in these environments and circumstances. I don't know what do, you know, how, how do I balance this? Um, what would be the first step or your favorite tool or what advice would you give? Thank you. I love this question. Okay, so I I wrote a book, eight, 380 pages of the five-step system of empathic mastery and how do you manage it? And the five steps, really short and sweet, are recognize, release, protect, connect, and act. And over time, we learn to work with these so that we can really, really like navigate the whole thing. But I want to talk about recognize because that's where it starts. And that's the first step. And recognize when I first when I first started working with this, I, I thought like recognize was just like, what's mine, what's not mine. But the thing is, first, we have to recognize ourselves. We have to recognize that we are sensitive. We have to recognize and claim the identity of a highly sensitive empath or however we want to define it, but recognizing what we are. And that also means recognizing ourselves, recognizing what we're feeling, recognizing what our baseline is, recognizing what's going on so that we start understanding or noticing when we are feeling out of sorts, when we are feeling strange. And so that means like, you know, there's that old saying, know thyself. And in many ways, like the willingness to know ourselves is the first step to being able to navigate this and the willingness to sit with our discomfort, the willingness to be present with whatever is going on and to sort of hold space for ourselves with loving compassion. And so what I find is that the sort of the best, the first step is just tuning into ourselves and noticing how we're feeling. And if we're feeling just totally fine and everything is groovy and it's like, it's a beautiful sunny day and whether it's breezy and lovely and we're just grateful and all good just you know like it if it ain't broke don't fix it keep on going but if you wake up and you're sort of just feeling uneasy and strange and weird and you're like what is going on the first thing i do is i just sort of evaluate is there anything going on in my life that could be causing this and if i'm like yeah you had that lousy like you had that 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 spoiled food last night that affected you or you went and had something with canola oil or you went you watched that nasty tv show or you went to that bar or that club or that concert and there was some weird energy there then i understand like maybe why i'm feeling the way i am but if i can't come up with a yep this is what you're feeling what i do is i just put my hands on my heart and this is really the first, you know, it's like you notice you're feeling out of sorts. You notice something is is feeling just a little bit wonky. And this is even the step before we even start assessing it. And you just ask yourself, is this mine? Is this mine? And I will tell you that in my experience, probably 9.5 times out of 10, the answer is yes and. Some of this is yours. And some of this, and a lot of this is coming from outside of you. And once in a while, there will be a, nope, this has nothing to do with you. And this is all stuff that you're picking up in the world outside of you. And on rare occasion, it's also, this has nothing to do with anything else. This is your stuff about mean girls when you were five. Like there's, there's that. But what I love to do is just start with that first question, is this mine? And when you get the inevitable, and instead of thinking, guess. Don't even don't even try to find an answer. Don't go up into that neighborhood, that dangerous <laughs> neighborhood called our head. Just stay in your heart and ask the question and listen for the first and it will be instant, instantaneous answer that comes to you. 
just listen for that first flash, that first hit, that first like, this is what is true. And then from that question, is this mine? When we get that answer, yes, some of it's yours, some of it isn't. Then what the next question I ask is, what's mine? What's not mine? And that really helps me to get clear about like, oh, I do have this memory coming up about when I was in kindergarten and the other, these, you know, four other little girls wouldn't play with me. This did not happen. I'm just making shit up. But, um, <laughs> but like that, it's like, I remember this and I need to deal with it because it's activating old stuff inside of me. that has got me anxious and scared and feeling like nobody likes me. Everybody hates me. I'm going to go eat worms. There's that. But then there's also like, oh, and I just happened to spend time with this, um, this seven-year-old who's just started school and is experiencing bullying and is going through this experience and I could feel their distress about this. Like there is this dance between these two things. And so then knowing what's mine to deal with, it's my job to use the tools I have, which in my case, I work with a lot of do use a lot of light work tools. I use EFT, emotional freedom techniques, aka tapping a lot. I'm actually a master trainer for EFT International. So I teach other people how to use it impeccably as well. Um, emotion code, shamanic work, pendulum work, like all kinds of stuff. Awesome. But but it's, you know, what I do is I I I'm like, okay, that's yours to deal with. You need to clear that yourself or get help from somebody else to clear it. And then this is the stuff you need to let go of. And so then what I love to do, and this and this first part, the simple tool can be done. You don't have to do all the things. Like it's going to be one, two, three, and I'll talk it through in a sec. The third part is just going to be putting my hands again over my heart and taking in a deep breath. And as I exhale, I release my hands and I say, I send this back to where it belongs. Not, I send it back to this, I don't return to sender. I don't send it back to the person who gave it to me or anything. I say, I send this back to where it belongs, trusting that it's going to go where it belongs, not where I think it should go. So it's a three-step process that is as simple as put your hands on your heart and ask the question, is this mine? Once you hear that immediate answer, the next question is, what's mine, what's not mine? Once you get that sense of it, then what you do is you take in a deep breath, exhale, I release what does not serve me, I release this back, I release this back to where it belongs. And those three steps can be done really quickly. And then once you've done that, I release this back to where it belongs, then you get to do your work around the other stuff, just like that friend who experienced you and said, you were too intense and could not deal and was like <laughs> having a major like processing meltdown for 30 days. Like, I'm like, okay, um, you know, maybe you needed to do a little bit of self-exploration there, but you know, who yeah. am I? I don't, who am I to judge? I have no idea who this person is. <laughs> but um, but that those are the three steps. Is this mine? What's mine? What's not mine? I send this back to where it belongs. That's, that's beautiful. I love that. Um, I love anything that brings the attention back to tuning in, you know, to yourself. Um, so that's it's beautiful. so important. And we live in a society that spends so much time trying to escape ourselves. Yep. You know, it's like all of the binge watching, all of the candy crush, all of the you know, just like all of the ways we distract ourselves and we entertain ourselves and we avoid feeling things, we avoid, like we're either in a state of like avoidance or overstimulation so much of the time as a society. And yet the way we're going to move through all of this is by being willing to come back to our own hearts, being willing to come back to our own truth and like returning yeah. to what is really going on here. Yeah. So, so good. I love it. I love it. Now, how can someone, what is your, I want to make sure that our listeners can connect with you. I mean, I'm excited to share the link to your book. 
Um, yes. It's oh, sounds like a wonderful resource there to help anyone who's struggling or, or, or experiencing challenges in this area. But what is the best way to reach you, your favorite you know, platform or whatever? And then I also like to ask, um, what is it, whether personally or professionally, that you're currently working on that really excites you that you're really pumped up about? So yeah, feel free to share that as well. Okay. <laughs> um, so in terms of um, in terms of how to get in touch with me, I kept it pretty simple. And that is that all of my social media handles everywhere is at Empathic Mastery except for on Clubhouse, but I don't ever do Clubhouse at this point because <laughs> just it's, it's a time suck. Um, so anyway, at Empathic Mastery on Instagram, on, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on, you know, you can find me over there on YouTube, like everywhere. I'm at Empathic Mastery. Twitter, I kind of go back and forth. Once like it sort of turned into the cesspool that it is right now, I kind of like walked away from Twitter. but um, so, but my, and my website is empathicmastery.com, but I have a system. So if you want to get the books at this, you know, I, book, book and or books, because I've written other written chapters yeah. in other books and I have, uh, have the Empathic Mastery Diary as well as the book, that's empathicmasterybook.com. If you want to listen to the podcast, that's empathicmasteryshow.com. And if you want to learn more about the Empathic Mastery Academy, which is where we run through the academy and um, I teach you, like I, te I work with you directly on moving through the five steps of Empathic Mastery, that is, you guessed it, empathicmasteryacademy.com. And um, in terms of getting into, oh, and if you come over to empathicmastery.com slash masterclass, I have a free Facebook group where I teach master classes every single month on the full moon, where we do a deep dive. And I just did this class last, like just the other day, um, as of the recording of this interview, that was so spectacular. It was called, um, I called it, um, I called it pause. And it was all about just unhooking from hustle culture recognizing what is our own like pressure versus what is a is absorbed pressure from the world around us and just giving ourselves permission to like slow down from a hundred miles an hour to like five miles an hour and just allowing ourselves to become quiet allowing ourselves to just calm down relax and just find our balance so um you know and that's the kind of stuff that i do over in my group which is, like I said, if you come over to empathicmastery.com slash masterclass, you can come join the group. And that's a really good way to be in touch with me. Uh, you know, reach out to me, PM me on, on one of the platforms. I'm more likely to see you on Instagram um, and Facebook than I am necessarily. I'm just like in some other places. And you can certainly just jump over to my website and like, submit a form or something like that as well or comment on a post and just say hey oh and also i'm often on tiktok although i've been taking a little bit of a tiktok break you guessed it at empathic mastery so thank you for asking i think that that probably will cover all of it for everybody awesome. so what am i working on that's a passion project and so i'm just thinking like there's the what am i really working on and what am i wanting to work on so <laughs> What I'm wanting to work on is the book that's in the works right now, which is a channeled book about what is going on on our planet and why are we in this state and what is why are so many people waking up to their empathic sensitivity and be, you know becoming aware that they're empaths. And I'm in sort of the I'm a little past the midway point of the edits. And so that's like the big exciting thing and full confession. I've been in massive procrastination mode <laughs> where I've been doing any number of other things to avoid working on that. So that's what I'd like to say is the passion project. But what I would say is actually currently the, two, the passion project. Oh God, it's like full confession. <laughs> so 
like there's i've been really getting so two things i've been really getting actually three things i've been really getting into can you tell that i am a little bit like adhd <laughs> um i've been really getting into essential oils um i've always been mm -hmm. into them but lately i've just been on this like like floral kick and just like playing with like like the fragrances that are just like magical and blue lotus oil in particular is something that i've just been really grooving on lately so there's been that we also just finally ordered a couch after years of having janky couches in our living room <laughs> i'm really excited that couches yeah. are arriving and then the third thing and this is the probably the most like embarrassing confession is that I discovered the app or the game Redecor or Redecor. Rede <laughs> okay. Oh my God, this thing is so addictive and it is, it is dangerously addictive. And I managed, I, I, I signed up at the beginning, well, I was on vacation at the beginning, like right around Labor Day and I crushed it. I went from beginner status to legend status in less than a month. <laughs> I the entire season. And so, um, so I've had a lot of passion for just playing this silly little game where I get to choose wall colors and pillowcases and textiles and flooring and all that. And it's just been very satisfying. So that is truly where my passion has been. <laughs> I love it. You, you win the best answer award thus far. That was so great. I, I love asking that question, you know, go, you know, my human design roots and following your heart and, you know, what lights you up and, and, you know, cause I think it is important to connect with that playful side of ourselves too. So yes. I, I love it. Such a good answer. So, well, thank you so much for having this incredible conversation with me today. It was so rich, I feel like, with things for people to consider and to, you know, look at in their lives. So for our listeners, definitely please go check out Jennifer's work, um, some of her writing. Sounds like Instagram and her website's a great place to connect with her. And I hope that this has helped you if you are someone that can relate to the overwhelm of emotion. I hope that this feels empowering and that you feel like you now have that first step, that helpful resource to help bring forth the transformation that you're looking for, because it is important to understand that this is a gift. If you are experiencing these things where you're sensitive and picking up to, you know, the energetics and the emotions of others, you know, to get to the point where you can share these gifts and these things with others and get out in the world with a little less of the overwhelm. So thank you so much for listening. And until next time, have a lovely day. Bye.